Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. So glad to have you here today as we study God's Word. Guess what? We're in a beautiful part of God's Word. We're in part two of a two-part message here on Genesis 2, verse 18. It's such a great time in the Garden of Eden because God says, I'm going to make woman. The Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make and help me for him. Okay? It's the first mention of woman as we see it here in Genesis. And we see here that God is going to bring forth woman in a few more verses. He's going to put Adam to sleep and take one of his ribs and literally create a woman out of the man. And we see here a great opportunity to touch upon why God did this. It says in verse 18 of Genesis 2, And the Lord God said, So God spoke it. It is not good that man should be alone. God thought it. He saw. God has a care for you that you don't always maybe realize. Me too. I saw a great picture online the other day of a little girl sad sitting on a bleacher in an empty, you know, theater or something. And Jesus was sitting behind her kind of looking at her concerned. It was a great little illustration of how we may not see him, but he sees us. And he doesn't just see us externally, like how we look on the outside. He sees our heart. He knows how we feel. He knows what we're going through. He has empathy for us. He has care for us. He loves us. The Bible teaches that through and through, that God knows us. He knows our form. He loves us, and he cares for us as we struggle here down below on earth. And he saw Adam in the garden and he said, okay, I'm having you tend to this garden. I see that it's a fair bit of work here and you could use a little help. Maybe you could use a little company. So God says, I'm going to create women. And he does that there out of the love uh, in his heart, in God's heart, because it wasn't good that man should be alone. And he says, it's going to be, this woman is going to be a help meet, M-E-E-T, a help meet for man, like help needed for man, necessary for man. You look up kind of the translation could be counterpart or, or help, right? Not the same, you know, not the same. Uh, if you think about it, the idea is much more like complementary. You know, if you go uh, to a job and let's say you have a partner on the job, there was guys out here today uh, from the city or excuse me, from Cleveland County and they're putting flags in the ground to locate where the water pipe was for uh, county water. And uh, there was two of them, you know, and they were putting the flag in the ground and one person was driving the car, the other person was putting the flag in the ground and the person driving the, the, the truck, I should say, a little truck, was kind of following along and then they would switch and so on. They were partners. They weren't doing the same thing. One was doing one thing, another was doing another. They, you know, they were not this, doing the same thing. They were complementary. They were partners. They were helping each other out, Right. They were both doing something together, like one job, but they were doing different things. And so God gives woman to man not to be an identical carbon copy of man, 
but to be a help to man, to be a unique part there of man. And this is a relationship uh, that's so beautiful because differences can make us stronger. And as we recognize our differences, we can often become more empathetic and sympathetic to our spouses in marriage because we realize that you know, we weren't built the same way and that's a good thing. And that's why God brought us together. Amen. We complement each other, not copy each other. And so what we're going to do is take a quick break and then we're going to dive into what Paul writes in Ephesians 5 about how wives should submit to their husbands and husbands should love their wives and what that looks like here. So hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. All right. So here we are, Ephesians 5, 22 through 31. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Okay, now a lot of people look at that and say, oh boy, here we go. But just hang in there. Let's go through this verse and you're going to see something interesting. Verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Okay, so now, you, you know, a lot of people don't like verse 22 because, okay, wives, you got to submit to your husbands. But look at 23, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now the husband has to act like Christ, okay? Is Christ going to be mean to, to the wife, to the bride? I don't think so, okay? You know, uh, verse 24, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And that is, I believe, how God made wives, made women deep down to have a desire to please their husband. Verse 25. Now look at this. Verse 25, Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. See, it didn't tell the wives to love their husbands. I heard that preached many years ago. Wives are just to submit to their husbands. Well, how come it doesn't tell wives to love their husbands, but it tells husbands to love their wives? And not just love their wife, but even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. What did Christ do the church? Do for the church? He literally loved the church so much, he died for the church. Amen. He was that propitiation, that sacrifice for the church. Just like when Abraham was going to have to sacrifice his prized son Isaac, there was a ram in the thicket. Just like we couldn't, you know, cure our own sin, resolve our own sin, Christ came and died for our sins on the cross at Calvary. He lived out our worst fears so we didn't have to. He did something that we couldn't do. And he wasn't guilty. You know, he did it completely innocent, obedient, willingly. It's one thing to go ahead and die because you were guilty of something. You say, well, I did do that. It's a whole other thing to be completely innocent and to give yourself out of pure love. And yet that's what husbands are told. That's how you're supposed to love your wife. Yeah, I believe this is literal. I believe that we should, we get married, we should love our wives so much, we'd be willing to give our life for them. And not just give your life like sacrificially jump in front of a bus and push her out of the way. But every day, love them that much that you prefer them, that you put them before yourselves. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought man to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Look at this now. We're commanded to love our wife so much. I mean, remember, all it says is, woman, submit to your husband. Wives, submit to your husband. 
That's about all it says, okay? As under the Lord, right? But husbands, you have to be like Christ. You have to be obedient. You have to be sacrificial. And guess what? You know, you have to love her like you love yourself. You know, if you do something wrong to her, if you hit her, if you manipulate her, if you steal from her, you know what you're doing? You are hitting yourself. You are manipulating yourself. You are stealing from yourself. You, have, If you looked at your wife in that regard, you might not have a fight ever again because you treat yourself good. We all do. Amen. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, that's verse 29, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Well, here we have in verse 30 this pleading that, look, like we're of the, you know, this is this interwoven theme here poetically in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, that we are the body of Christ, that we are of God, and that we are uh, grafted into the godly family through what Christ did at Calvary. And now that we accept Christ as Savior, we're no longer in this f- fleshly, carnal mind frame, that we're no longer to live selfishly, that we're no longer to have pride. I heard a preacher say one time that every argument ever was caused by pride. And I agree with that. I mean, is it not, I felt this way, or they did this to me, or it's always some kind of me or I in these arguments. And when we simply give it to God and trust God and say, you know what, we're called to love our wives. And why are we called to love our wives? Because if we love our wives with this sacrificial love, the Bible word would be agape love, okay? This giving love, if we love our wives in that manner, guess what? They're going to reciprocate. They're going to want to submit to us. They're going to be obedient to us as men because we've loved them with a godly love. And I've seen what it's like to love a woman with selfish intent, right? And I've heard this, I mean, there's so much on this, but I've heard this said before, love gives, lust takes, right? And so I've seen that before, you know, and what does that result in? It often results in divorce, right? You know, to get divorced, you have to have two people that are disagreeing. Do you not? To love your wife with sacrificial love, to just to be like, you know what? This is going to hurt my career, but I love my wife. I'm going to miss the game, but I love my wife. This is going to make me poor, but I love my wife. Whatever it is, I'm not saying be foolish, but at the same time, love them. Love them up and down here, there, and everywhere. You know, you can't love them enough. You can't compliment them enough. You can't flirt with them enough. If they're your wife, you should love them with all your heart. And guess what? When you do that, they're going to not only be submissive to you, but they're more likely to look past maybe some of your shortcomings, amen, of which I have many. But it can't be said, I'm not trying to love my wife because she knows, amen. And that's how you should feel if you're a man. And if you're a woman, Yes, you are to submit to him. Well, what if you are submitting to your husband and they aren't fulfilling that part about being loving and so forth? As I've heard it preached, as I've studied it, continue to show them love, submit to them, let them be the head as Christ is of the church, as the Bible commands, and that will be a witness for them. That will be a massive witness that's just like, wow, they are such a good person. They are so nice. They are so forgiving. I keep doing this, this, and this, and they just keep loving me. That will be a witness. And I believe God will use that as a testimony for them or against them, but God will use that. And so we see here that a woman created by God is 
very special. Last episode, we went through a lot of Proverbs 31, 10 through about 25, 30 or so. But Proverbs 31, get in there and read that. About a virtuous woman. We see that God is calling the husband to a lot more. The wives just get a little verse or two. Hey, submit to your husband, right? As unto the Lord. But the husbands, whoa, they got it. They got a, they've got it big here. They got to live sacrificially. They've got to love like Christ loves the church. Amen. And it says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. That's verse 31. So this cause here, I've thought of this verse a lot. As you get older and you get married, you are to be one flesh. You are the priority. And so as you get older and you get married and mom, dad, mother-in-law, father-in-law, they have their opinions, they have their ideas. At the end of the day, it is you and your husband or you and your wife, whatever the case may be, but it is the, the married couple becomes one flesh and they are the priority for each other. They are the priority. And that is something that all too often gets confused here. And we see that God loves man so much that he gave man woman. And when we turn to God and recognize that, so instead of saying, oh, my wife is so lovely and she's just so great, that's good to do. But how about God, thank you for making her. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for calling us into the ministry. Thank you for your faithfulness in keeping us both close to you. Thank you for your word and thank you for your blessings today. You see, you turn all your attention to God and he will give a heart for your spouse like you've never had. So a good marriage between man and woman is not them just loving each other or in the biblical order, the woman submitting to the man and the man loving her, right? It's not just that, though that's important. You know what it is? It is that plus the enormous amount of attention that you both spend and put towards God Almighty. He becomes number one. And that once he's number one, your, let's say your wife, if you're a man, your wife will be the best number two ever. They'll prefer being number two in that order than being number one in any other order because God will work something in your heart like you can't believe. He'll strengthen your marriage. I can testify to that over a decade now. I know some people have been married a lot longer than that, but over a decade now, and the Lord has blessed us because we've always tried to put him first, our very best. We've always tried. Thank you for listening. I wish I had more time. Take care. God bless. Tune in next time. Amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.